Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exhausting episode of Phil on the Mic. I, as always, am Darren Michael, and with me, the man who actually was the starting running back for the Cleveland Browns last night, since they didn't have any left, Mr. Phil Calise. Phil, how are you, my friend, man? You feeling okay? What's going on? Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm a little banged up, you know, got got a bunch of carries in there last night. They call me Dearness Calise. <laughs> So, you know, mix it in, mix it, was, it in back, back here for a podcast the next day. I know, man, you are, I'll tell you, man, you, I, I, I literally, I think you should write a book of all your experiences because it's just, it's just second to none. It's unbelievable. It really is. It really is. You've, you've had me at such high honors as I believe, uh, counting ballots for presidential elections. <laughs> I think tossing the coin at the Super Bowl, maybe, I mean, <laughs> I've been everywhere. I really have been everywhere. Um, it's impressive. <laughs> it, is. it is. And then I'm always back for my day job, which is pays me nothing here at the podcast. Well, it, it happens. You know, I, the reason that I said this was an exhausting episode is because I actually just, I felt like I needed to kind of clear my head a little bit. So I went and I played basketball for 90 minutes. No, so you're yeah. you're tired, but you're so, mentally strong, physically. You can, you can probably see, I'm, I think I'm still, my face is probably a little flush still. Got it. All right. That's good. I don't know. I don't know. You've but been anyway. active in your old age. I like it. <sighs> it's been fun. You I, seem I... healthier and I'm so unhealthy these days. I've been eating so poorly. I've been just like, I've been stressed with my, my real day job yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. been just eating terribly. And I usually do a good job of eating well after the summer. The summer's usually bad for me because of sports and running around and whatever. And then I usually try to get on a good six, eight weeks before the holiday rush where everybody eats bad, or at least I definitely eat bad. And then I try to reset, you know, after that debacle in the new year. Sure. Sure. But I'm just powering right through the summer debacle with the fall debacle. And then pretty soon it's the holiday debacle and I'm just going to be a debacle. I'm just going to be 15 pounds heavier. I'm going to be filled with debacle police. So we can, we can, we can, you know, we can change the name to debacle in the mic buckle on the mic yeah it's, it's going to be bad so you know if, that, if that's how we need to refer to you so so instead of uh fill up your bank account should we say debacle up your bank account it doesn't make any sense uh, yeah you may not recognize phil in the mic we may have to change the name <laughs> because i'm unrecognizable so i keep up this rate you know so well we'll see we'll see did i did i tell you that we won our basketball game on tuesday uh no no i didn't know that we officially are the number the two playoffs? seed we made the playoffs. We're the number two seed, nice, nice. and uh, we literally we, we really shut them down in the second half. We only allowed fourteen points in the second half. It was it was really a slugfest, but it felt good because they beat us the last game of the season last year, and they beat us in the playoffs. So this was this was a little payback, and it felt good, you know. Give you a little golf, golf clap, nice, nice, nice. And I did our, score a couple our viewers baskets. Are so. Always anxiously on the edge of their seats to hear about Let your basketball league. I've been getting emails all week long, all week long, asking me to talk about it. And, and so I responded to the emails and I said, mom, I will get to it. I promise. <laughs> so, Darren. <laughs> I don't know how your mom sounds, by the way. And so apologies to your mom. I don't know what her voice is. <laughs> She's on her way here. She's oh, on her way nice. here, actually. So, so they're, they're going to they're gonna spend a couple of days with us, which will be nice. But oh, yeah, we'll fun. definitely have to get her. We'll get her on. We can, uh, she, can, she can rant about the Orioles, which will be kind of, uh, kind of fun because they're just not very good but anyway anyway we got a lot of stuff to go over i i got uh, let's do it we're, we're just gonna jump right into it we're not even gonna let's start by talking about fill up your bank account man did, right. did you, 
I feel like you were able to redeem yourself last week. I feel like you've been doing so bad the last couple weeks. You got such a hot start that you came back. Tell us, tell us what happened last week that kind of that kind of made you refocus. And, let me and, let me peruse my notes, shall we? Yeah, please well, do. Listen, please do. Listen, I was seven, six, and one. It wasn't like I was, you know, it wasn't like I was jumping off the Titanic, but I had come back to earth, so to speak, after a couple of great weeks. My locks have been consistent, though. That's I've been true. hitting on my locks. And so what I was able to do was keep that trend going. So now I find yep. myself four and one in locks for those math majors out there. That's an 80% win rate. And after going three and one last week, I am back up to 10, seven and one, nice. which is a solid <laughs> record. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good record. Yep. Um, yep. It's not a great record. I'd like to build upon that, but you know, I think the NFL season, it's it's been what you know it, we're getting to that point and i'm sure we'll get into a lot of stuff about the nfl i think we're getting to that point where you start to see the haves and have nots but always remembering that the league with the the salary caps and all the measures they've taken over the years really wants everybody to be a game or two under or over 500 the league is kind of set up for a good chunk of the teams to be that which is why you do see wildly inconsistent scores and games where you say how did that horrible team then win how did this really good team lose it's because it's it's a parody league it's not that different so i'm sure we'll get into it but it makes pick making picks tough it's not easy to make picks i mean i I see a lot of the so-called experts you see their record at the bottom when they pick with spreads and a lot of them are under 500 i mean they're not they're not particularly good at it so no this this and i feel decent about so far this season so far has been terrible You've, for, you've won some money picks. if you've just bet every game I've given you. You've broken, you've made money. That's and you know, if you just bet my locks, you're four out of five. I mean, you, you know, and the, the nice thing is, is uh, last night's game that you know you called that one too, and the spread in last night's game was Brown by Browns by three and a half, and they yeah. they won by three, which I remember yeah. you and I talking about, and I and I said to you when we were making picks, I said, you know what, I don't think that the Browns are going to lose this game. I just need them to win by three points or less. Well, you really landed on the game better than I did. My my simple logical take was the Browns are missing too many people to take the Browns given three and a half. I mean, and I actually thought the Broncos should win the game. And by the way, they should win the game. I mean, no name players beat them. And the score was low enough where Denver should have been able to win that game. Yeah. I yeah. think what we're seeing also, and it's a funny trend, when you say why does – half the league always draft a quarterback and why do quarterbacks that are seemingly not that high of um, they're not that high in terms of how they were viewed all season in college. And then you see them just rapidly come off the board every year. I think you see why, because Teddy Bridgewater is a fine quarterback. Like he's okay, but you're just going to be with him. Sam Darnold's not complete garbage, you know, in the right setting, he's okay, but he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, he's like a gluten-free bun, you know, you're not going to be excited about him. He doesn't excite you. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't excite you. They, you know, they're inconsistent enough where you see why they've been on three and four teams and Darnold was traded and you just see, that's why you're always searching for that quarterback because there's really (laughs) only eight or 10 really good ones and there's eight or 10 bad ones. And then there's a bunch of in the middle. That's what the league is. So I'm sure that'll be a theme of what we talk about. Yeah. Quarterback play. Uh, Well, well, one of these days we will, but uh, not today, not today, but we've got, we've got our five questions for our expert, Phil. 
All right, okay. Num number one, number one. And let's just remind everybody, you have no idea what I'm going to be asking you. No, no idea what I'm going to be talking. We this podcast more like a secret show. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's, I know what's going on in the podcast and you have no idea, but that's good because you're quick on your feet. Well, I mean, if you keep eating so much, you're not going to be as quick. On your I'm going to get you know slower. What I'm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, so, so thought number one, question number one. Ravens 34, Chargers 6. Are the Ravens a good team? Should we take them seriously? Sure, yes. But I think that is the microcosm of the, the league, right? You get the Chargers and, and I was wrong. That was my loss, right? Was that my loss? Yeah. No, it wasn't last week. I didn't pick the game. But I, I was no. wrong on that game. I thought the Chargers would, would show play up. a close game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Ravens are a good team. They're a good team. They don't have a great defense. It's been bad all year. Um, and they've been winning, you know, pulling out games close, struggling in games they probably should win more easily. Lamar Jackson's doing yeah. a pretty good job, though, overall. Yeah. He has made some mistakes, and he's going to be what he is. You know, for everybody that wants to – he is what he is. He's limited passer. He's a phenomenal athlete. He's dangerous as heck. And as, as, as far as the Ravens go is based on Lamar Jackson because yeah. he can beat any team on any given week. But if he has a bad game, they can lose to a lot of teams because they are yeah. limited and they don't have a great defense to fall back on this year. No. So no. they're not going to win a game where he screws up a lot. They're not built that way this year. So, but yeah, the Ravens are good. They got his, they got a decent shot to make, make some, make some hay, as they say. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because I know at the beginning of the season, we talked about the disparity between the AFC and the NFC. You know, in the AFC, there's one team that has five wins and that's the Ravens. In the NFC, there's six, or no, there's five. There's five. There's four teams. Yeah. There's four teams that are five and one, and then there's one team that's six and zero. Oh. And it's funny, like you said, everybody else is hovering at, at or below five hundred. So yeah. you know, you you make a lot of sense. It's like everybody is pretty much five hundred except for the better teams, and I think that we're going to see those teams get farther farther ahead of the, all the mediocre teams. Then of course you've got the bad teams. And then you got the bad teams and there's yeah. about six of them. They're bad, really bad. Yeah, they're, they're just, they're just no good. They're just no good. All right. Question number two, question number two, Jamar chase. If you remember Jamar chase, he was the guy in preseason that said that he couldn't catch the ball because the ball looked different. You know, it didn't have like the lines on it. So he couldn't see the ball really well, but sure enough, he, uh, he just won his third straight Pepsi rookie of the week. He's got 27 catches for 553 yards in six games, 20.5 yards a catch with five touchdowns. Is this guy running away with the rookie of the year honors this year? Um, you know, it's usually hard unless you have staggering numbers to, to, to win it at wide receiver. I mean, I don't, I don't have the historical context, but I don't think receivers typically win the, you know, the rookie of the year award because there's always four or five quarterbacks drafted fairly high they, yeah, and they yeah. they have the best chance to win it. They have the best chance to win every award with, you know, the way they dominate a game. Um, yeah. I mean, at, at a snapshot in time, as I quickly think about the rookies, uh, you know, Mac Jones has had a decent year. Decent, um, decent, decent. J Justin Fields has no shot. Zach Wilson still actually has a shot only because, well, here's why. He, I picked him to win it, and it looks horrible at the moment. But he has a <laughs> shot, you know, simply because if if he puts up big numbers and and gets comfortable in the system and plays well, 
there's no runaway winner and a quarterback always has a chance. So like to me for a rookie quarterback, who's already probably got a 50% leg up on running backs and receivers, he needs to stay healthy, play 16 games, get hot for four or five games, put up some big numbers. He has a shot. Fields has no shot. Trey Lance isn't going to do it. Um, Burrow. I mean, yeah, I mean, Bur- I would say I'm not Burrow. I'm sorry. Um, T- Trevor Lawrence. I-, I would say right now, Trevor Lawrence numbers will warrant consideration just where he's at right now. And I think at the end of the day, hit him, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and the receiver will be, you know, at the top. I, the receiver probably is the favorite right now, but I, I don't know if that'll hold up. Well, you know what? There's been a lot of a lot of mediocre play, and, and you and I both know how rare it is for a rookie quarterback to be really, really good. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you oh. rarely see that because it's such a huge transition. But yeah, there, listen, there's a lot of season left. Six games yeah. in the season. I think Jamar Chase is right now the clear favorite as of today. I, I think would agree with that. He's, the quarter- yeah, I think he's done the most. The quarterbacks haven't done a ton. I would agree no, with that. No, not yet. Not yet. All right. Question number three. Question number three. And this has this actually has two parts. So the Jaguars finally won their first game and they beat the Dolphins in London 23 to 20. So here's the here's the two questions. One, should the Dolphins be really embarrassed by the loss? And how badly did Urban Meyer need that win with what's going on? Um, yeah, he he did. I mean, winning does help solve some of the noise in the in the organization i'm sure yep um it's a way worse loss for miami than it is a, a good win for the jaguars aside from urban meyer needing it miami dolphins had some aspirations to be a pretty good team this year they were a pretty good team last year they're supposed to be building they spent a, they spent some valuable assets on offense to help to uh they yep. spent some yep. money they're supposed to be ascending in a media in a bad division that only has the bills in it and then they lose that game. Not yeah. not good for the Dolphins, but very good for Urban Meyer. I, I still think um, I still think this is a one and done Urban Meyer year. I, I think yeah. you know. I, I think we're all on the same page with that, and you right. know, and, and and granted, the Jags beat a a a very very underperforming team, and with any luck, maybe they'll be able to play the Texans. So maybe they'll have two wins this year. Who knows? And and by the way, I don't know if Urban Meyer is going to go back to coaching after this debacle. And debacle is my word of the day. Clearly, it's the word that keeps popping into my head. But the LSU and the USC job are available. Those are two high-profile jobs that somebody like Urban Meyer could be tempted with. I don't know if he wants to go battle Alabama and Saban, but I mean, those are two big marquee programs. So yep. if he needed yep. his extra lifeline out, he could probably get one of those gigs and say, yep. I just had to go back to my, my favorite thing to do is ruin programs in college and cheat. <laughs> it just doesn't work as well in the NFL. That's all. Just doesn't work. So question number four, which defense makes you more nervous? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw out the stats so that you can kind of hear. Okay, these are these are Kansas City's games, all right, and how many points they've allowed. They beat Cleveland and allowed 29. They lost to Baltimore, allowing 36. They lost to the Chargers, allowing 30. They beat the Phil, the Philadelphia Phil, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles and allowed 30. They lost to the Buffalo Bills and gave up 38. And then finally, they decided to allow less than 30 points. And they, they beat the Washington football team, a.k.a. the Redskins, and the Redskins scored 13 points. All right, so that's that's them. Their defense has been pretty suspect. But Tampa Bay, for as good of a defense as they're supposed to have, I think has been has been in bad shape too. 
you uh, you've got 29 points to Dallas for a win. You've got 25 points to the great Falcons in a win, 34 points to the Rams in a loss, 17 points to the Patriots with a win, 17 points to the Dolphins with a win and 22 points with the Eagles. So clearly both of these defenses are not playing as well as they need to, to get back to the Super Bowl in my eyes. But which one of these defenses do you think is going to be able to, to turn it around and, and help their team? Because neither of these teams are just going to be able to outscore everybody. Their offenses are just, are just not as potent this year as they were last year. Um, I mean, I really think, I mean, the stats aside in general, uh, the, the Bucks have a much better defense. Yeah. They have much more talent on their defense. They have a better track record. The Chiefs have won a lot with just shootouts. And yeah. Yeah. They haven't had a great defense. They've had some timely pass rushing um, and they can, they can take some shots because, because of Mahomes and what have you, but the bucks actually won that super bowl on the back of their defense last year. Yep. yep. And they didn't really lose anybody off that. I do right. think the bucks are in a little bit of a hangover, but by the way, they're five and one, right? So they are, they are. <laughs> it's just, I never expected the bucks to be this dominant juggernaut regular season team. Uh, they weren't last year. We talk about this all the time. I've right. been on this. They were right. like 10 and six or 11 yeah. and five, whatever they yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't a juggernaut. They're not a juggernaut team, but they may win 12 games for 13 games this year at the rate they're going. Um, so they're having a good year. I, I think they're fine. I, I, I think their defense is fine. The chiefs are in actually tr- are, are in actual trouble. There's a lot wrong with the chiefs right now. I think the bucks are fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully the chiefs can get it turned around because that, that offense is, is virtually unstoppable, but they're just, they're just losing. I mean, the only thing that, that they can take solace in right now is that their losses have been to good teams, you know? Yeah. So, so they're, they're losing to good, but they got to start beating the good teams. They can't just beat the bad teams that you got to yep. beat the good teams. All right. Number five, the rumors of Deshaun Watson going to the dolphins. Um, the big question here is, is, do you think that's truly going to happen? And what happens if that trade was even made? Would he even get on the field? Um, yeah, I mean, he probably wouldn't be able to go for at least two weeks, you know, and they'd have to have a reduced playbook, I'm sure. Like for any team he would get traded to in season would have to go with a reduced playbook unless it was the exact offense he's been running in Houston. Um, you know, th- you would like to say where there's smoke, there's fire, and he's going to be traded, but it does seem like the Texans GM is holding out for a really bonanza worth yeah. of picks. Yeah. So he's not treating it like this looming court issue he's having is is really is really much to worry about for teams. So I don't know if they know something like this is blowing over or if he's sticking it to Watson. Cause he's making them, you know, he's got to show up there. He's got to come there. He has no chance to play. And he's just being really, you know, indignant to wanting three first two seconds and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The dolphins make all the sense in the world. Deshaun Watson's from South beach or in yeah. the Miami area. It's so, true. It's so true. I mean, this is the team that's been salivating over him Tua doesn't, I think, move the needle enough. I think they've seen enough of him to realize it's a big enough upgrade to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do think the Dolphins are having a little bit of trouble with three firsts and all the all it's going to take to get him with with the court issues, with the fact that he could still be suspended. And you may be doing this trade starting next year, you know, yeah. just starting next year having him. But I, I do think in the end he will be traded. I'm not sure there's not a mystery team that could still step in and do something. 
Yeah. Um, because if the Dolphins just gave him what they wanted, they'd have him already. So they are hedging. They're not all in on just getting Deshaun Watson, clearly, or else he'd be there. Yeah, you know, the, the thing that concerns me, though, is, is you know, and you can take kind of the Jets, for an example. You know, you draft a player overall really, really high, and then you get rid of him. You know, it's just, yeah. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a mistake that could cost you a lot. I mean, you could put you back years because the quarterback position is is so intense. And I, I don't yeah. know if I don't know if the Dolphins are ready to to say goodbye to Tua, but but not only that, when you think about Deshaun Watson, you know, you gotta think about everything else that's gonna come with it. You know, you got a lot of uncertainty as to what's gonna happen in his future, but what about what about what that's gonna do to the franchise? How's that franchise gonna be looked at if they trade for this guy who is allegedly you know, this sexual harassment person, predator, whatever you want to call him, how's that going to look for fans, you know, and how are they going to justify that? Oh, yeah, you know what? Because he's a great player, we're going to ignore the fact that allegedly he fondled or did whatever to 22 different women. You know, it just it seems like just the perception of that team, whoever that might be, is is just it's it's not forgiving. It puts you in a bad spot. So that's why it feels like he'll end up on Miami if he ends up anywhere this year, because that fan base has an affinity to him as being a high school, a high school star in that area. He probably has the most chance to have that noise be lessened by going home, so to speak, than anywhere else where another fan base who doesn't care about Deshaun Watson in any way might have trouble selling it to at least some of their fan base some of their women fan base. I mean, that would be a tougher thing. I think what's interesting though, is Watson is a great quarterback. He's not yeah. great in my mind in terms of like, he's not top five great, uh, but he's up there, but they did go four and 12 with him last year. It's true. And he had it's a true. great year on paper he, he and they did only win year. four games. So he's not, you know, I know the yeah. dolphins, I'm sure it's think true. they have a more talented team and he could step in there and win more, but you know, he could have a great year in the Dolphins not win. I mean, he, he could he could do that. And I think this is a giveaway year anyway. The Dolphins are out of it. Yeah, At true. this point, they're almost completely out of it. By the time he'd even get traded there, it would be more for next year. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's true. All right, good stuff. Good stuff. So that is our summary of, uh, of week five. Now let's, let's talk about who you're going to give your game ball to. All right, I've mm-hmm. got three guys, and you tell me who you think deserves it. First one, Dak. Prescott, 36 of 51, 445 yards, three touchdowns and an interception in a 35 to 29. I believe it was a come from behind victory over New Orleans, uh, New England. I'm sorry. Uh, It was a pretty impressive performance there. Uh, Another guy who's just separating separating himself every week as the best running back. And it's not even close in football. Mr. Derrick Henry, 20 carries, 143 yards and three touchdowns in an impressive win over my Super Bowl team, the Buffalo Bills. And then number three, and I had to put this guy in here, uh, the Jaguars kicker, Matthew Wright, who I'd never even heard of, right? With three, three minutes and 40 seconds to go, he kicks a 54-yard field goal to tie the game. And then with no time on the clock, he comes back and hits a 53-yard field goal to win the game. Um, he ends up three for three field goals, two extra points, 11 points in the game, and is the hero for Jacksonville as they end their 20 game win streak. Plus streak, I'm sorry. Yeah, the only the only two people giving Matthew Wright the game ball is his mom and dad. So we'll leave him <laughs> out of the equation. 
Um, <laughs> it, it's a Dak Prescott. It's a Dak Prescott um, ball. It's going to Dak. Um, I saw the throw he made in overtime to win the game. Yeah. Fading Dak, perfect throw. Hits CD, my main man, CD Lamb, for a TD to win the game. Dak's <laughs> had a really – he's had a really good year. He's and a good player. He, he, was, he was the player of the week. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, they're, they're in a, a super, super easy division. They should run away with it as of now. They are running away with it. So yep. uh, we'll see what happens. And then, you know, we'll see what happens with the Cowboys, assuming that they make the playoffs. That's the that's the big thing. That's the yeah. thing. The Cowboys get to the playoffs, but can they ever win a game? So, we so we'll see. see. So congratulations, Dak Prescott, on winning Phil's game ball for the week. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show. Time to fill up your bank account, man. I am, I am putting money on whatever your lock is, man. You're 80%. We're going to call you 80% fill from now on. Okay, so don't, don't blow this one. Well, don't call, don't, don't call me that. I hope it keeps going up. We got to keep changing that. Name. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, all right. So we'll go around the league. Four games again. Save the lock for last. Um, again, I, gotta, I don't feel good about these games, I got to say. I feel good about my lock. I don't, but I've done better when I haven't had as much confidence. So I'm hoping that trend true. continues. That's true. So um, the first game I'm going to go with. So the theme of this week, if you were given this week a theme, the theme of this week might be really gigantic spreads. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's some almost college football-esque spreads this week. <laughs> so I'm actually of the mindset that, and usually they'll say the adage is the big giant NFL spreads get covered because that means there's such a disparity between the teams that you'd lay the points and kind of, yep. I think the joke is close your eyes, bite your nails and lay the points because it's like, <laughs> they're going to cover. You just got to have faith that the Vegas is trying to talk you out of it. Yep. But I'm going to yep. go the other way. I just think the spreads are too big. So there's a couple of games with big spreads and I'm going to go the other way for different reasons. So yep. the first one is I'm going to take the Texans plus 17 and a half as oh per ESPN, God. as we sit here. Um, against the Cardinals. The Cardinals are undefeated. They're 6-0. and There is nothing not to like about the Arizona Cardinals. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All good. They just went to the East Coast and beat the Browns. They might have been a little banged up, but they still went there and beat them. Yep. Um, they've had nothing but a banner year. Really, nothing but a banner year. But, but here's how I look at this game. They went to Cleveland and beat them up. They're 6-0, and and they have the Packers next Monday night. Um, I believe it's Monday night. Uh, yeah. So, or next Thursday night, I'm sorry. So they have a short week to get ready for the Packers. It's a perfect game for them to like, let their guard down a little. Yep. The Texans stink. They're going to win the game going away. They got the Packers on their mind. That's a giant showdown at home. Um, yeah, at home, at home against the Packers. So I'm going to just kind of go with the theory that they're kind of going to overlook the Texans a little. And let's face it, it is the NFL. It's not college. So if the Texans score 10 or 13 points, I mean, you know, especially if they score a little bit early, that's a tough cover. That's just a tough cover. Um, so I'm going to take them. Okay. Uh, staying with the, the gigantic spread theme for a different reason. This is dicey. I'm going to take the Lions getting 16 at the Rams. And again, the Rams are a close second to the Cardinals thus far in that division. And that division's really good. Yep. Yep. And with the Rams, it's slightly a different reason. One, the Lions have oddly played a lot of teams close, but they're 0-6. But they have played some teams close. If you look at their yep. scores, yep. 
They lost close to the Colts. They lost cl- – um, I'm sorry, this is the Rams. I'm looking at the wrong team. They've lost close in three or four of their games. Um, and they've gotten blown out in only really one game, I think, to the Bengals. Yeah. So the Rams also went east, just like the Cardinals. So they got a little bit of a weird week, go back home. And what do they also have followed up? They have the t- they have the um, the uh, they have the Texans and then the Titans. So they got a couple of games that they can win. The Jared Goff angle is interesting to me. It's he was traded, he was cast off. He knows this is a, a redemption type of game for him. He should play a good game in this spot, and the team tends to galvanize around the guy they know is you know like that. They, they're zero six. They don't have a lot to play for. So this is like the Jared yep. Goff game. I You're think right. the team will play a good game for him and they'll, they'll lose, they'll lose, but they you know, 16 is a lot. So yeah. 16, yeah. 17 and a half for the big spreads. Here's a game. It's interesting. The Seahawks haven't won at home yet this year. They haven't won at home. The, the mighty 12th man and the Seahawks. I know they're not the team they used to be, but they actually haven't won a game at home this year. I got to believe that eventually stops. And I think <laughs> it stops this week. It's not the greatest matchup. The saints are a good team. Um, you know, I like the saints more than other team, other people do, but Jameis Winston can have some, he could throw a clunker in here or there. The Seahawks are desperate. Like op, this is desperate city. They haven't won a game at home and they still, it's a still of a winnable game, but you get the Seahawks plus four and a half at home. That's right. And so I like the Seahawks and I almost made this my lock. The only reason I didn't is because Geno Smith's the quarterback you know, and obviously you wouldn't get four and a half with Russell Wilson. You'd be probably favored, you know, yeah. a couple of points, but sure, I'm going to sure. take the Seahawks and figure it's going to be hard to beat them. Three go start. zero and three at home. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, and last but not least my lock of the week. This one is interesting because you highlighted this team at the beginning of your five questions. Do I believe in the Ravens? Yes. I believe in the Ravens to an extent. Okay. Do I think a division rival like the Bengals who could put up some points on a very average Raven defense presents some challenges? I do. And six and a half is just too many points to me. The Bengals are a pretty good team. Joe Burrow's playing well. And I think they're going to score on the Ravens. I think they're going to score a healthy amount on the Ravens. And so can Lamar Jackson win the game? Yeah, he probably will. They probably will beat the Bengals at home. But six and a half seems like it's too much to me. So, like I said, I was between the Seahawks and Bengals as my lock, but I went Bengals. But so I got the Bengals as my lock. Weird to say that, like liking the (laughs) Bengals. And by the way, this could be an utter disaster for me because I went with three out of four teams that are not good franchises. The Bengals, the Lions, the Texans. I'm doing it for different reasons. These are not picking good teams that should cover spreads. These are different reasons, but I'm taking a bunch of points, four games, all underdogs. Lots could go wrong here, but I feel like I have sound thoughts behind it. So we'll see how it goes. But. Hey, listen, I, I I love the reasoning. I love the audacity, man. You are you are you not know. falling for what Vegas has given you, man. You are you're like I'm not I'm not jumping on that NFC West bandwagon. I don't think they're going to blow these guys out. Now, I I'm going to have to agree with you, and I'm going to say that there's probably zero chance that either the Cardinals or Rams lose. Right. Right. But, uh, oh, yeah. but we're talking spreads. We're not oh, yeah. talking. Don't you know, look at the money line, folks. Just take the points. That's, that's Don't that's dare exactly go that right. far. I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm a little right. bit crazy. I'm not that crazy. So, <laughs> so hey, we'll, uh, 
We'll see what so happens. that is it. If you want to make money, everybody, there, there it is right there. And especially Phil's locks. Remember, he's four and one on his lock of the week. So uh, I would probably, if I were you, I would probably, instead of making your mortgage payment, I would probably take that payment and put it those, on the Bengals. Those, those cheers you hear are coming from Cincinnati right now. All the That's fans right. going, yes, we are going to play right. close. Yes, I knew it. So We do have a good team here in Cincinnati. We do. We do. They do have a pretty good team. <laughs> They're moving so. in the right direction, but I think we've been saying that for a long time. So anyway. Anyway, exciting. Let's let's move on to a little college football. And Ooh, uh, we haven't really done a lot of college. We football. haven't done a lot. And yeah. I, I, I don't want to get into too many specifics. Be, you know, I noticed there was there was one big game last week. You had Purdue going into Iowa to play the number two Iowa. And I know you keep saying that, you know, you're a big believer that the Big Ten is overranked, uh, overrated. And, and that Iowa as number two ranking is just it doesn't make any sense. They're really not that good. Well, Turns out an unranked Purdue team came in there and spanked them 24 to seven, which Phil was right. That might be a there. sign you just kind of moved up the <laughs> rankings because a bunch of people lost and they kind of were left with you there, but nobody thought Iowa was really the number two team in the country. No, no, but, but here's what I wanted. This, this is what I want to talk to you about. Okay. We're, we're pretty much halfway or a little more than halfway through the college football season. And we've seen which teams can play, which teams can't play. And so what I did was I, I, I took a list. I took a look at the top six teams. All right. And that is uh, Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State and Michigan. Those are the top six teams right now. Ugh. And I know some of it, some of it. Sorry, is I'm a Notre there. Dame fan. When I hear Michigan, I gag. It's an automatic <laughs> but, reflex. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing here is I, I want to talk about who's going to make the playoff. That's really what I wanted to talk about. And, and I, I kind of want to go team by team and, and just, just kind of think about what they have. I mean, when, when you look at a team, the number one team, UGA, let's be honest, right now, I think they are head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, they're just playing that much better than everybody. When you look at Georgia, you have to understand that they have such a high probability to make the playoffs, not because they're unbeatable. They're, they're Georgia. Let's face it. They'll find a way to lose a game. That's There's true. a good chance they will, but they have to lose twice not to make the playoffs. So when you're looking at Georgia, if you're ever looking at the best SEC team, understand that if this is zero in the loss column, it needs to have a two before they're eliminated. That's true. So they're in almost (laughs) definitely unless something colossal collapsed because they they would have to lose twice. And I don't think that's happening. Well, so I, you know, George is almost a lot for me. Well, look, I mean, to, to me, I'm looking at their remaining schedule. I mean, they're playing Florida, Missouri, Tennessee. They're playing Cupcake University, and then they're playing Georgia Tech. Yeah. So you, you're talking about five very, very winnable games, and none of them are even ranked. So yeah, I don't see that their being Their toughest problem. game will probably still be Florida because, I mean, Florida's falling apart, but they, they can play themselves. It's a rival yeah. game. Yeah, so they I mean – that game they're not losing again for no, sure no i don't i don't think they're going to lose i think they're i think they're going into the the sec championship undefeated then we've got number two which is which is a biggest surprise team and let me tell you something their remaining games are a joke are really a joke i mean they've got navy tulane and tulsa then they've got university of southern florida then they do play number 21 smu who's a decent team and then they play eastern carolina so this oh. is the I think they've got the easiest route oh, to, well. to the to the playoff. And, and the interesting thing is, and I'd like to see them in the playoff because I'd like to see if they truly are any good. Here, here's what I will say about Cincinnati. I did get to watch them play Notre Dame, and it is by far not a vintage Notre Dame team. Yeah, Not even close. They still yeah. play three different quarterbacks. I mean, they haven't even settled on a quarterback halfway through the season. 
their offensive line's not good. Cincinnati was not overly impressive to me in that right. game. Um, Notre Dame was down by four and like five minutes to go and didn't play well, lost the yeah. turnover three to zero. So, I mean, Cincinnati's not that good. But if they ever was a year, a non-power five school is going to make the a non-power school from the power five conference is going to make it. It has to be Cincinnati this year. It has to be. I'm like begging, don't leave them out with like the last minute. I'm going to jump three teams ahead of them. Yeah. Because yeah. if you've now listen, when the rankings come out, they will not be number two. And what I mean by that is when the playoff committee sets their first rankings, watch yeah. Cincinnati will be like four or five. Yeah. They're yeah. going to already yeah. hedge on wanting to put them in and be looking for excuses not to. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. hear their schedule wasn't good and it's not, but they do have a win at Notre Dame. And Cincinnati's best way to solidify making the playoff, because nobody wants them in it, let's face it, their best way is Notre Dame to run the table and be eighth or ninth at the end. That's like their best thing that could happen. If Notre Dame loses a game or two more, watch, they're going to not be allowed in because they don't want them in. So yeah. Notre Dame is going to actually decide Cincinnati's fate if they win out, believe it or not. So I know you hate Notre Dame, but if you want Cincinnati in the playoff, you probably need Notre Dame to go 11 and one. I, you know what? I, I still think that it's going to be really tough to keep them out of the playoff if they're undefeated. You know, um, if they, if they end the season at 12 and 0. Well, it, it's going to be tough. Simplest scenario. It's going to Sim- be tough. Simplest scenario is one loss Alabama and one loss Georgia. If that happens, right? Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. Cincinnati's not getting in over either one of those teams. So, that's All you we'll got to do is put one Big Ten champion in and either the Big 12 or Pac-12 champion in, and they're left out. It's easily going to happen. It's possible is what I mean. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But then, we, then we've got number three, which is Oklahoma, which, I mean, I, I don't even know. You know, it, the funny thing they're about gross. Oklahoma is they they're have – Listen, they have Spencer Rattler as their quarterback, and, and uh, he's supposed to be potentially the, even the number one pick in the draft. And did you even see that he got benched last game? They brought in, they brought in their backup and he, and he won the game for him. That conference and Oklahoma's defense in particular is like a fat guy with mustard stains on his face. It's gross. It's just (laughs) gross. You don't want to look at it. You don't want to look at it, but you can't help but look away. Like, like you can't help but look, but like Oklahoma's defense so nauseates me. They always give up 40 points to everyone. At and least. people always apologize for Oklahoma. They always act like it's okay. And then they get curb stomped in every playoff. They and do. people act surprised that it's going to happen. Like, they uh, do. I really can't with Oklahoma. I really can't. But they'll be in the playoff if they go undefeated. Well, to Texas blowing a 75-point lead against them the other day. You know, the, the, yeah, the, the, the challenge with them is their remaining schedule is not easy. It's really not easy. I mean, well, listen, they play they play Kansas, which the spread on that game is probably going to be 40 points. Then they play uh, Texas Tech, but then they have to go and they have to travel to number 20 Baylor, which could be a good game. Then Iowa State. And then they actually finish up the season at number eight, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State rivalry at the end. That could keep them out of the playoff. So they do not have they don't have an easy an easy way to get there as opposed to Alabama, who's got Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State, the great New Mexico State, Arkansas, and then at number 19, Alabama, huge in-state rivalry. Auburn, you mean? Auburn, yeah. 
Yeah, Auburn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alabama just it comes down. I mean, now Alabama has no margin for error during the regular season. They can't lose a ne- another game. That's true. But That's true. You're, you're basically almost can lock in an, a Georgia-Alabama SEC title game. And an no SEC no conference doubt. is rooting for, obviously, Alabama to beat Georgia because then they probably get them both in. Georgia could finish off Alabama's title hopes in that game, but you got to believe Alabama's probably showing up into the SEC title game 11 and one. Yep. And you're going to yep. hear the narrative that if Alabama wins, they're both in the playoff. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. that's just, sure. you know, you could just lock it in. That's going to be the, the conversation. And it's going to be those two teams in the playoff in basically like a rematch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So. Oh, then, and then it's interesting because at, at five, six, and seven, you've got you've got Ohio State, you've got Michigan, and you've got Penn State. So that all works all the, itself out. They're all playing each other. They so. are, they're all playing each other, and that's that's the interesting thing, and that's what I love. Like Ohio State, Ohio State is not the the typical Ohio no. State teams of the past. You know, nope. they've got Indiana, then they play number seven Penn State, then they play uh, then they play Nebraska, then they play number twenty five Purdue coming off that big win. Then they play number nine, Michigan State. Then they, they finish up the season at their nemesis, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they have a really, really tough road ahead of them to get to the playoffs. So that, that's going to be tough for them. And then you look at Michigan. Michigan's got almost the, the identical thing, right? They've got Northwestern. Then they play at number nine, Michigan State. Then Indiana, which is probably a guaranteed win. Then they play at number seven, Penn State. At, uh, they play Maryland, and then they finish off the season at home against uh, Ohio State. I mean, the question is, I mean, can these can these guys all even make it through this horrendous stretch that they well, have coming up? Well, it's it is what, what's interesting is five, six, and seven all control their own fate to make the playoff. They, they really do. Some, they really if do. somebody can navigate it, they're in the playoff. Yeah. The big the Big Ten will get a team in this playoff because they've had so many high ranked teams. Yeah. So if yeah. if one can actually navigate undefeated or Ohio State can run the table with their one loss, they're going to make the playoff. Now, the bad part, and this is like a two second side rant. I hate the, the breakout of the divisions in conference because, again, it works itself out where it's all loaded on one side of the division. And so now instead of a great rematch potentially of two highly ranked teams like Penn state and Ohio state or Michigan and Ohio state or whatever, yep. you know, you, you want, all of them are going to get locked out, but one, and they're going to show up to play the crappy West who what's the best team in the West is Iowa in the West. Even I guess Iowa would be the best team who just lost by 17 to Purdue. Yeah, if Iowa, yeah. if Iowa runs the table, but like they, they don't need just put the two best teams against each other in the, in the, in the conference championship. That's my side rant. I don't like any of these conferences that do that because inevitably it seems like one division's better than the other. Um, but if I, I will say this, if there's, I hate to say this, if there was ever a chance for Michigan to make the playoffs and avenge years of losses to Ohio state, Yep. And to cement Harbaugh being there long term, if he can't beat Ohio State this year and can't get Michigan into the playoff this year, I don't think it's ever happening. Ohio State is highly vulnerable. Yep. They're nowhere near the team they've been. They've survived a couple games. They let Oregon come in there and win. People praised Oregon. Oregon's lost since then and played nothing yeah. but mediocre yeah. football since yeah. then. They've They're not that good. good. It shows you Ohio State's just not that good. That's this right. is Michigan's year. This really should be their year to make the playoff 
or certainly at least beat Ohio State and avenge the, or uh, you know break that streak, that miserable streak they've had. Well, let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a prediction in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that UGA, Bama, and Cincinnati are three teams that I think, based on their schedules, that are gonna make it to the playoff. So you're going saying Bama is going to beat Georgia in the SEC title game? I, I don't think it's going to matter either way because I think everybody behind them is going to beat each other up. This is my prediction, right? I think that you've got you've got Ohio State, you've got Michigan, you've got Penn, uh, Penn State at, at seven, you've got Michigan State there, you've got Iowa, you've got all those teams, all those big teams that are the Big Ten teams that are bunched up. I think they're all going to beat each other. And what I think is going to happen is I think the number eight team in the country Oklahoma State, who has Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia, TCU, Texas Tech as their five games ahead of them. I think there's, I think they're going to be 11 and 0 going into their last game of the season against Oklahoma, and I think that game is going to decide who gets to get that fourth spot. I think Oklahoma State is going to take it while everybody else is losing. They're going to quietly be moving up. I think they're going to beat Oklahoma. They're going to take that fourth spot. Interesting. Um, That's that's my prediction. prediction. I think Oklahoma State will lose this week, and they're not that good at all. But um, To to Iowa State? Yeah, Oklahoma State's not that good. Um, I don't like that conference, period. Oh, the conference is terrible. I think at the end of the day, this is just setting up, just knowing how the conference, the committee works. I do think Georgia and Alabama will both be in the playoff, but I don't think it'll be, it won't matter. Alabama will have to beat Georgia. They can't put Alabama in with two losses. That's a bad, they don't really want to do that. If you're not a conference winner and you have two losses, that's never been allowed in the playoff. I don't think they want to do that, but I do think Alabama will beat Georgia and they will get in. So I'm going to agree with you for different reasons. I think Georgia and Alabama are in, I think Cincinnati by default is going to get in this year because it's just, they're going to say, let's throw a bone to the, the non-Power 5 conference, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they deserve it anyway. So it's like yeah, yeah. it's like doing the right thing. And then if I'm throwing a dart up against it, uh, uh, against the board, the fourth team, just because I can't stand Oklahoma, and I feel like they will lose a game and they're nauseating, I'm going to actually say Penn State makes it. I'm going to throw – Penn State's actually played a pretty tough schedule. They have a loss, but they control their own fate because they're going to play all those teams anyway. So I'm going to throw it out there right here just to be a little different and a little contrarian and say Penn State somehow gets through it and goes to the playoff. Um, so I'll go Penn State, Cincinnati, Georgia, Alabama. Nice, nice. Well, I don't we'll love say. it, but I'm trying to be a little different. Listen, it's 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 ugly. It's, it's ugly. It's, yeah. There's a lot of teams that are kind of falling into the middle of the pack, which I think makes it makes it really, really difficult. But we'll see. It's been a good season so far. And, and hopefully it continues. That's all that, that's all that I want to do. Let's uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little baseball. Cause, cause it's exciting. It's really exciting. You know, the, the Red Sox got off to that hot, that hot start and uh, mm-hmm. the Astros are up three to two and uh, Atlanta was up three to one. The Dodgers crushed them last night. So now they're up three to two. So you got two game sixes. Now tonight's game six is, uh, is Astros and Red Sox. You've got Eovaldi versus Luis Garcia. Garcia's postseason has been uh, he started two games. He's pitched three point two innings and he's allowed 10 runs. He's an opener, right? He's more like an opener. And we'll see what happens. And then Eovaldi, he started three games, 16 innings. He's also allowed 10 earned runs, but he has 21 strikeouts. And he did win game two pitching uh, 5.1 innings. So 
So what do you think? What do you think in this game? This game is, uh, I think this game is in, I think it's in Houston. Actually, It's in Houston. Yeah. Both teams that are up three to two are back home to close it out. They're both in great spots to close it out. Um, Houston's offense is just so good. It they is. just are. And, you know, the Red Sox, to me, have been on borrowed time. I look like a fool. I remember telling everybody I spoke to, I don't see the Red Sox as that good of a team as they kept winning during the regular yeah, season because yeah, yeah, they miss crazy. all the things that you usually like to say make a team yeah. good. They yeah. don't have a good bullpen. No. They don't have a good rotation. I mean, there's they don't have like there's nothing to inherently love about the Red Sox. And by the way, not long ago, they got swept at home to the Yankees at the end of September and almost That's missed right. the playoffs. That's right. So, they snuck in, they beat the Yankees in the wild card game, got hot. It, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's the, whether it's today or tomorrow, I can't see Boston winning two in Houston. I think Houston's going to the playoffs and Houston has a chip on their shoulder. Remember, yeah, yeah. this is a team that was told they only won because they cheated. Yep. But this yep. is a Houston team that's been really good for a while. Yeah, they have been. And they don't have a great rotation themselves, but they've been really good for a while. And they just fit. They fit beating the Red Sox like a glove because they beat bad pitching up. And the Red Sox fit that bill. <laughs> they don't have very good pitching. And you're going to eventually find someone in that bullpen because they ask these guys to go six, seven innings out of the pen almost every game. Yep, they never keep yep. a starter in. You're just asking for trouble. And Houston's got too much offense. Yeah. In the yeah. Atlanta Dodgers series, I mean, I couldn't be more wrong. Atlanta <laughs> is not a team. Let's face it. I know you're in lovely Alvaretta. You're kind of like they're like your secondary team now, right? I'm sure a lot of our audience is from there, thanks to your huge uh, Facebook and Instagram following. So we're speaking I do have, to the, I do have an we're speaking to the to the native Georgians a little bit. <laughs> That's even a word. Um, the Braves usually suck in the playoffs. That's just bluntly the truth. They're a great regular season team that's got a miserable track record. They've won one championship in all that time of winning division after division. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't, they, they, they're just a team that doesn't usually do well in the playoffs. Now they played the Dodgers a fantastic series last year to get to the world series. They, Mm -hmm. they lost in seven. They took the Dodgers to the wire. So they've shown an additional level of being able to go toe to toe with the Dodgers. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm going to be one of these people this time until I see the Dodgers dead. I don't believe it. <laughs> I know it's possible. I just watched the Braves beat them three at two out of three in LA and, and they're up three to two going back home for two. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. They're the favorites right now. They have to be, but until the Dodgers are dead, they're not dead. Yep. Yep. I know I'm teasing it. Like I'm going to say the Dodgers are going to come back. The Braves are going to go to the World Series. The Braves are going to go to the World Series, and I'll give you two reasons. Yeah. yeah. No Max Muncy and Justin Turner's hurt, and he's out for the playoffs. That's a lot of clutch hits missing. That's true. And I think Freddie Freeman's on a mission. Yep. Yep. He's playing like the great player he is. My MVP pick that I landed on a couple years ago, he's phenomenal. They're doing it without Akuna Matata, which is amazing. And I think they get to the World Series, and it's a yeah. it's a Astro Braves World Series, not and MLB's and favorite matchup for the old TV ratings. You know they are they you know they were salivating, hoping they were going to get a Red Sox Dodgers series. Red That's Sox what they Dodgers really would have been their priority. <laughs> but yeah. but think about it. What I mean, think about what. Uh, how that's going to feel for the Braves. I mean, knowing that major league baseball pulled the all-star game out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I have a feeling they've got a huge chip on their shoulder. And, and, and I think that if they get to the world series, that, that there's a legitimate chance that, that they win the world series, just because I think that that is just motivating them. Like there's no tomorrow. You think so? I, I, I do. I yeah. do. You know, and, and I've, a lot of people down here were really, really bothered by that. By that, I believe the fan yeah. base is super bothered. But, I, but listen, we'll, we'll yeah. see, because I mean, if you think about it, right, you've got, I mean, this is the most important game of, the, of their season. You've got Max Scherzer, the Hall of Fame pitcher. There's no doubt in my mind he's a Hall of Famer going up against the great Ian Anderson, who just finished his rookie season. So I don't know, man. Here's the I thing. I don't know. It, the it, Dodgers it, have to be. I haven't looked. The Dodgers have to be the favorite in this game because pitching dictates who's favorite. Yeah. Oh, in there's games. no doubt. There's no so doubt. So they they have to be. They absolutely have to be the favorite. Um, I I, I got to believe the Braves find a way to win one of these two games. Scherzer hasn't been great in the playoffs, um, and the Dodgers bullpen is on borrowed time. I mean, it's really taxed because they've been asking. Yeah, yeah. They haven't gotten any de- length out of any starter. So they've been really, you know, pushing the envelope with various bullpen arms and the Braves have been lighting most of them up. Um, it's going to be fun. It feels like we're headed to two game sevens, though. Just feels like it because yeah, yeah, Major yeah. League Baseball usually usually gives you the playoffs usually give you a couple of huge moments yeah, they and do. a couple they of do. like fun game sevens. And we really haven't had a lot of it yet. I feel like we got a shot to see two game sevens, but both home teams winning them. Um, but I think we got a shot to see two game sevens, which would be fun. I'd like to. I, that, that's that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for is just just to watch some good baseball. So I look forward to, to watching that. Uh, I got a couple quick hits that I want to throw throw at you. First off, uh, I'm, I, I know you're really excited. The hockey season has started. Is there anything you want to say about that? Uh, <laughs> all right. Next topic. Next topic. Uh, congratulations to the WNBA champions. The Chicago Sky beat the team with future Hall of Famers, Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner. They play for the Phoenix, what the heck is it? Uh, Phoenix, I don't know, Phoenix something. I can't remember the, what the Phoenix name is. Yeah. The Phoenix, the Phoenix somethings. Um, they also have a future Hall of Famer on their team by the name of Candace Parker, and their finals MVP was somebody named uh, Kalia Copper, who I've actually never heard of before. But the thing that I wanted to talk about really quickly was was viewership of a WNBA playoffs was up 51% over 2020. And as a matter of fact, game two had over a million viewers, which cool. is just huge, huge numbers for them. Their jersey sales were also up 50% this year. And uh, so my question to you is this, you know, with with basically the NBA is the exact opposite. They're down like 50%, whereas the WNBA is up 50%. Is, the, is there a reason that the WNBA is gaining popularity and the NBA is kind of losing their appeal? Um, I don't want to be a negative Nelly here on this one. My hunch would be the WNBA is coming off all-time low ratings during the pandemic. That's my <laughs> hunch. And so they're, they're, I would like to more see what their numbers are off of like the previous few years than last year. Cause I yep. didn't even know there wasn't WNBA season during COVID the first time. They, so yeah. I'm going to guess their ratings were like garbage low. And so they're I, up off that. I want to say, I want to say the, the, their attendance was the highest since I want to say Oh seven, maybe. Okay, cool. I mean, I listen, mean they, they, they've they been around all, for 25 years, you know, you and, would and, like to think attendance 
would be up across all sports because people didn't get a chance to go to sporting events basically in 2020. So you'd like to think people are really excited to go in person. Now MLB, by the way, attendance was really low, but they also had a lot of restrictions the first 80 games of everybody's season. So you can't go off this year. You got to really go off 2023 when they're back fully. I mean, 2022. Um, I, the WNBA is so unpopular that the defending or the winners, the, the Chicago whatevers, they had like 15 people at their parade. I don't know if you saw a video of that. So the WNBA is really unpopular, but it is what it is. I mean, yes, and, but, you know, I kind of look at it like this, right? It's, it's, like, it's like comparing the minor leagues to the major leagues. You know, you're going to go to a WNBA game because it's a way that you can watch basketball and it's actually affordable. Is you know, it the, affordable? I don't even yeah, know. Is yeah, it? yeah. The, the NBA is. Yeah. Yeah. WNBA is. You can actually go and, and, and you know, for a reasonable price. NBA. I mean, if it's a family of four, I mean, what are you spending with with food and, and tickets uh, and everything? And four, uh, yeah. four or five hundred bucks. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, you know, to me, that's why that's why that's popular. And, and it is it is some good basketball. I mean, they do have some good players that play. I'll take it, your I, word for it. You know, yeah. I mean, I've our I've viewers, our viewers will take your word for it too. I've, I won't I've be never, watching, listen, but I'll take your I've, word for it. I've never been to a WNBA game, but I'm I'm thinking maybe next year I'm gonna maybe I'll take the girls to it. And, That's and, fun. You know, they enjoy going to the professional men's over forty basketball league in Alpharetta, so maybe they would enjoy some some women that can actually play basketball. So that yeah, listen, that might be fun. I'm a I'm I'm biased against certain sports. I don't really like hockey. I don't really like golf. I don't really like WNBA basketball. I'm an equal opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> your equal opportunity you you like your few sports and then you just don't care about anything i don't else. like soccer football as they call it you don't like Europe. football i don't like that either yeah, yeah. Bad, what about badminton or ping pong you know cricket i might get into one day you know cricket okay okay i like the luge i mix the it luge. in well actually like, skeleton is uh is ske- pretty good. and i like bobsledding especially going if it's down, the Jamaican going down team. head first i mean that's that's pretty scary you know it's cool all right let's let's finish up with a couple just a couple quick basketball things because we we really need to have a basketball episode where we talk about the season Um, but I wanted to just ask your opinion okay and who would your choice who would you want on your team do you want the Anthony Davis LeBron James Russell Westbrook with Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench or Mm -hmm. that sounds like a great team from 2014 I know or would you want Durant Harden Irving with Blake Griffin coming off the bench. Well, I mean, is that even a fair comparison? Because Irvin, Irvin doesn't have the vax. Irvin can't play. Well, assuming that he, assuming that he does ever, ever come back. So, you know what would be cool? I think Durant should show up there in the middle of the night, jab him, and say, "Up oh, now, you got to play." <laughs> I know, right? Just <laughs> um, all right. If I take the vax out of the equation and just compare them, I'm taking the yeah. Nets all day. That's not yeah. even close. Yeah. They're yeah. so much younger, proportionately. And I don't, tr- I don't trust Westbrook working out. He's such a ball first guy. I don't know how they even fits with LeBron. They both have to have the ball. It makes no sense, right? I don't know how that works. I don't know how that and, works. And, and, and Westbrook's not good enough. He's not a good enough shooter. No. Even if he totally is fine playing off the ball. That's like his weakness, though. He's not a shooter. So if he plays off the ball, what is he going to do? I yeah. don't know. I don't see how that works. You know, the, the Lakers are trying to keep LeBron happy by bringing on all these guys. In game one, I mean, Davis had like 34, LeBron had like 33, and then Westbrook had like eight points. He played, he actually played terrible. This I got to give them 40 games together before I can even assess oh, how it works. There's no doubt. There's but no doubt. I just, 
on the surface, it doesn't feel like it works well. So no, no. And you know me, man, I am a, I am like the biggest, biggest opposite of a LeBron James fan. Yes. So I'm aware. I'm aware. So me, me seeing the, the Lakers not good makes puts a big smile on my face. I like that. I like, well, I hate the him. Lakers and don't hate LeBron at all. So I'm always in a conundrum now that he's on that team. I hate that he went there. That annoys me. All right. Here's another, here's another question I got for you. So Zion Williamson, he's not playing right now. I think he's still getting over uh, a surgery that he had rumor has it. He's ballooned over 300 pounds. So here's the question. All right. Okay. This guy obviously has trouble controlling his food intake. So he, he kind of reminds me of, he's kind of like the Phil Calise of this podcast. Here's the question. Okay. This guy, it seems to me like it's pretty obvious if he doesn't clean up his act, he's going to eat himself out of the game because there's no way his, his six, six frame can handle the rigors of an 82 game season with 300 pounds on him. I mean, even at 275, 280, it's too much. And we talked about this before. Yeah, that's why I thought he might not work out. I mean, this guy, I mean, I mean, are, are you and I on, on, on agreement that this guy is not going to have a long career just because the injuries are going to pile up? He, he's he's going to he have com- the, the knees are going to go or the back or whatever, you know? Well, he's already had some injuries and he's young. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, he's had a lot of them, actually, even dating back to Duke for his one year stint. Yeah. Um, my, my knock on the guy, I've been wrong on him so far. So to be fair, I didn't think he had a good enough jumper to play at six, six in the NBA. I didn't, I thought the weight was too much. Now all that may end up be being true. He definitely exceeded my expectations in his rookie year. He was phenomenal and all the best parts of him were great. And he did good enough in all the weakness areas to be fine, but you can't play in the NBA 82 games at the weight he's carrying. There's no way. And if he's even heavier because he broke his foot and he couldn't work out. And so now he naturally, obviously he's the kind of guy that's going to need to really work on his diet. And if he gets hurt, he's going to gain weight. He looks like he's probably predispositioned to be a guy who's overweight, but it's not great when you're 24 overweight, 25, 22, what is he? 20, right? 20, 21, whatever he is. 19 or 20. I mean, it's not great when you're struggling with weight at that age. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, and there's rumors they're going to trade him. Oh, come on. He is. He's so skilled. He is yeah. such a he is such a phenomenal player. But the weight is going to the weight is going to take him down. He's yeah, got he, he needs to he needs to play. I mean, he's a big guy. He needs to play. I don't know. Two fifty max in this day and age with the nutrition available, with the education around nutrition available and with That's every right. resource at his disposal. It would be an absolute shame if he wasted his talent because he was too heavy because they could put him on any diet and monitor everything he does. And he could be 255 over any off season, ready to go and be dominant. It's on him. This is completely on him. This is on. I agree. Else, so. I agree. I agree. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And then, and then I'm going to talk about my last topic, which is the one basketball family that I hate more than anybody. And I know you know who this is. The balls? The balls. Big yeah. balls, little balls, all the balls. Friggin' littlest ball, man. You know what? Let me tell you something. I can't stand the balls. You know I can't stand the balls. I can't stand the father. I can't stand any of the sons. But damn it. The littlest ball is a friggin' baller. And I hate that. He his first game of the season, man. This is this is this is a family that's not known to be shooters. Seven for nine from three point. Nine rebounds, seven assists, 31 points. All right. Am, am I just way off? Is this guy really a stud? 
or is it uh, just going to be a flash in, the, in just kind of I mean quick? I think that the the thought was always that their youngest one was by far their most had the highest ceiling right I don't remember I get the names confused Levar, no uh the one with the weird release jump shot it's, it's That's daddy the ball one. it's daddy ball it's big ball it's uh medium it's, ball nobody knows him and it's then bulky ball right balls. he's the he's the heaviest one and then there's little <laughs> ball but, Me, but medium ball nobody knows the, the oldest ball brother it, he's got the jacked up release jump yeah, shot yeah. right he's always had that funky release he's a nice little sixth man type of player he could pass he could do a little bit of everything he doesn't play great defense but he's no. tall he could get rebounds he's gonna play in the nba for a decade or more and be a solid player this kid has the highest ceiling and yeah. he's and he's come in and had more contribution than the the older brother since day one. I mean, yeah, he, he looks like he's going to be a good ball player. He's got a clean sh- jump shot. I don't know why the older brother didn't learn the jump shot he has in terms of his release and everything. It's much more clean. He's also the same body shape, same everything as the older brother. They're built exactly the same. He looks like a better version of his older brother. So that's what it. You know, and you know his, what? And his older brother's going to be a ten year NBA player. There's no. I, I, you don't like the family. I kind of. I kind of think the dad did a heck of a job. He put two kids in the NBA. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to down the guy. He's got a big mouth and he's, he's like an unfunny Charles Barkley. Like he's big yeah, and gregarious, yeah, yeah. but Barkley's yeah. great. And he's not. So it's but everybody like, loves, everybody loves Barkley. Yeah, and everybody terrible. hates this guy. Yeah. Lamar Ball's terrible. Terrible. Uh, he, he is. He is. But you know what? Even, even Lonzo, uh, big ball. Sorry. I mean, he was, he was five of 12, six rebounds, four assists, 12 points. He's uh, starting for the bulls. But you know what? The, yeah. I'll, I'll give you one thing. He had a plus 17 in that game. I'm just saying. Which is, the, which is impressive, right? The guy's going to have a 10, 12, 13-year career and be a nice, serviceable player. I'll say this. The dad's got the big mouth, but the kids just seem like they play. I don't yeah. think any of them You don't are really like, hear much about it. And not I, don't only really, that, you, I haven't heard much from the dad recently anyway. I mean, wait, no, wait till – well, you know, the uh, the the middle ball actually made the the G League team for Charlotte. So what happens if he actually gets called? Could you imagine if Charlotte plays Chicago and they bring up the the medium ball? That's what I'm saying. I, I'm going to take a step back. He's got a big mouth. He had a big personality. He was trying to brand that 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 stupid big baller brand and it failed, obviously. But he he's produced two sons that are in the NBA. One might be great one's going to be a 10-year vet who's serviceable and solid and then the middle one's like got maybe gets a cup of coffee in the nba you You could be doing a lot worse than mr lavar ball and what he's been able to do so it's true it's true and nothing makes me uh more miserable to hear that because you know i'm not a (laughs) between the balls and the and the lebron james man i'm just uh, i'm just a minute you're gonna hate it when they make a movie together a a lifetime (laughs) e-movie lebron and the balls the, the funny thing is that, uh, you know, I, I went to dinner with a, a friend of mine last night who's on my basketball team, and he's a huge, huge Bulls fan, and he is super excited that Lonzo Ball is on the team. So we're going to have to bring him on here so he can explain himself because right. he might be the only one besides uh, the Ball's parents, besides LeVar. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. That's all I got, man. I got nothing else. Good podcast as always, my friend. I got nothing else, man. That was fun. That was uh, episode seven in the books, and uh, hope everybody's enjoying it. And uh, keep listening. Tell tell all your friends. Let's grow this thing. Let's have a good time, and 
and uh, you know, working on having some more special guests. Who still, I'm still on a high from the uh, the Andy McGaffigan interview. I thought it was it was just so much fun, and uh, and and he even told me that he'd like to come back, and and that would be great because I know that there's a lot of other things that we can talk about, and and yep. I think get his perspective on on what the game is like today. Yep. I think would really, really be interesting. So, so we'll see what happens. But uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Hope you you win some uh, some of the games with Phil's picks, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing everybody next week. So uh, take care, so long. Take care.